Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. So, Elle, welcome yes. to the podcast. Thank you. I'm very excited slash emotions to give you this reading. So will you please share what you would like a reading about today? Yes. Thank you so much. I too am excited and emotions. Um, And the emotion is anger. So I wrote you as I was coming out of experiencing COVID-19 for the first time and I am immune compromised and had avoided it and then had it. And during that time of like literal heat and fever, I just felt even more enraged that society is not doing more to care for each other and to avoid this and take this seriously. And I guess the root of my question is, how do we hold that anger that is real Mm -hmm. and righteous and worth experiencing while trying to also like live a full happy grounded open life like i'm i'm angry at people who don't wear masks i have lost friends and family over how they choose to party and be and um i don't want to get over it but i want more balance yeah first of all i'm sorry that you you got covid and that you're just going through this and i you know i chose this question it's such an important one but also uh I haven't had COVID myself and I'm not immune compromised, but I feel Mm -hmm. that same anger and upset and it's very hard to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And so part of why I chose this question was to help you, of course, but also to be like, can I find some answer in this as well? Because it is really hard to see a society just decide we're moving on. People who are immune compromised, young people, old people, whatever, deal with it yourself. We're fine. Like it's it hurts. It yes. really hurts. Yeah. So that's actually where I want to begin. And I'm going to share just your birth date and year, correct? That, yes. that feels good. Yeah, so you were born you. June 21st, 1985. Yes. So the first thing I saw when I pulled up your birth chart <laughs> is that you have a stellium in cancer. Yes, I do. You sure <laughs> not. Okay. So you've got Mars in the 12th house conjunct your ascendance and Mercury conjunct your ascendance in the first house all in cancer. And yes. so- It's really important to start with the ferocity and clarity of your emotions is always Mm. big because the ferocity is Mars. Mercury is like the clarity. You've got you've got words, you've got ideas to back it up. And it's not just that you feel so strongly, which you do, but it's also that you wear it on your chest because you have, Mm. you know, even though your Mars is in the 12th, it's conjunct the ascendant. Mercury's in the first. We're talking about things that people can see. So it's not like you can be like, yeah, I'm pissed about this, but I'm going to go and have a good time. That's not you. That's not you. That's not you. you. (laughs) Nor should it be, right? You know, but I think it's really important to acknowledge that. And this is like the classic cancer, like hard shell on the outside soft, soft skin on the inside stuff is that you're pissed and you're angry because it's easier than feeling hurt and heartbroken. Yes. Which is actually what's going on. Yeah. And Mm, just diving in, huh? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just like, oh, you know, 
I think you even use like an ang- like an anger word, you know, as the title for your question when I yes. read it. And and I was like, yeah, me too. I'm pissed. And then I looked at your chart and I was like, oh, it's easier to be pissed off at your friends and community than it is to just feel like torn open and sad about it. Yeah. So for me, that was also like, a, oh, right. Like, I'm sad. Like, oh, yeah. shit, we're sad. It's this is sad. Yeah. And such a time of grief. Uh, it's such a time of grief. There's so many things, so many things that have been touched or destroyed through this period of COVID, which is not even slightly over. Yeah. So I want to just acknowledge that the primary response you're having around anger is a great coping tool. Hmm. And it also is not a great coping tool, but I think mm-hmm. it's important for us to start with the ways in which like your anger is protecting you. It's like making your like cancer crab pinchers sharp and it's keeping you feel safe. And yeah. even though the anger is like no way to live and I'm clearly hearing you say, and when I say clearly, I mean, you're being verbally, but you're also being energetically clear as you say, like, I don't want to be pissed off all the fucking time. Yeah. In this exact moment, if we were to just rip the anger from you, I don't know it's better for you to be sad, to be sad at the level you're sad. Right. And that is something that I think that there's a solution for. Mm. I think it's more about recognizing this is where we are. Right. Yeah. And when we look at it from more of a, a like a lunar emotional perspective, I'm going to say to you what I actually said in like a, I gave a quick answer to someone in like one of the episodes where I answer many questions at once and something that I try to tell myself, which is that there are some people who are just straight up assholes. Like Mm. there are some people who are walking around being like, fuck everyone. I don't care. But most people and probably most people in your life are not those people. Right. Most people are doing the best that they can do. And much like your anger is the best response you can embody because walking around heartbroken would be too devastating. Yeah. A lot of people have disassociated. They have made the decision that their comfort and their ability to live a quote normal life is well-deserved after whatever it is that they lost or gave up during COVID. Mm-hmm. It is very hard when you are somebody who is like super associated as Mm -hmm. you are or somebody who just like has no choice. Like if you're immune compromised, you just have no choice but to be really careful during COVID. It's really hard to be like, okay, well, they're doing the best they can do. We're all doing our best. But I think it's important to acknowledge that there are not going to be tidy answers to this question. This is such a messy time and a messy (sighs) situation. Yeah. So. That was my starting point. And mm-hmm. I got I've got something else I really want to get to in your birth chart. But before I do, I want to psychic you if I can. So sure. <laughs> give me will you say your full name out loud? It, you give me all your names. That's not your full name. What are you missing? Hmm. Maybe a spiritual name? What's your mother's last name? There it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Let me just ground into you. So this is part of what I'm seeing is that you're struggling with acceptance. Hmm. Um, you're struggling with acceptance that 
you still have to be here because you don't want to be here and you're struggling with acceptance with your own choice. And part of what I even see is that if you were not immune compromised, how much harder it would be for you to be making this choice. Mm. Like this is not a choice that you're like, yeah, this, this is what I want. This is like, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. And this feeling kind of like bullied by circumstance, Mm. it's fucking with you. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah. If we pull back and we then consider it from other people's perspectives, if nothing is making them mask up and be really considerate of people who are immune compromised or who just don't want to get sick, you can understand how you would probably make different choices. Maybe not 100% different choices, but you'd make different Mm. choices because of how fucking sick of this you are. Mm. Yep. Yeah, that resonates on the level of like, you know, I always post and talk about and encourage like masking. And then I want to be like, you think I like the mask? Like, I don't like it. (laughs) I like my face. Although sometimes it's great to be able to just hide your face. (laughs) 100% agree. Yeah, I'm like, oh, people have to earn my whole face now. But I still don't actually like the mask. It just is so clear to me that it's such a simple way to take care. And another thing that resonates is when you said, like, you don't want to be here, I had a moment of like, here, where? And then, you know, I I don't want to be actually in white supremacy and capitalism and all of the other things that underlie this experience. And that is where I'm like, oh, I can work my whole life to take it down. I can live in radical ways that I believe in, but I'm actually going to breathe every breath inside of white supremacy and capitalism, most likely my generation. And so like, that's where I don't want to be too. And that I'm like, do I have to accept that though? How do we? You're really naming something very deep here and very collective. This highly individualistic, this toxic individualism that even exists in progressive, quote unquote, progressive spaces and spaces of all kinds, right? Yeah. It is, it's like gasping for air in an oppressive situation where you can't get a full breath. You yeah. know, it's, it, it is so difficult to live within the many systems that are mm-hmm. under the umbrella of what you're naming. Yeah. And do you have to accept it? You don't have to do anything. Let's start right. with that. You don't have mm-hmm. to do shit, right? <laughs> and then the other thing is if you don't accept it. So let's start let's start with acceptance. Yeah. Acceptance is not consent. Mm. It's awareness. Mm. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I'm going to run that back when I listen to this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it is just being here in self-awareness of what is in this moment. Yeah. It's not contributing to what is. It is not choosing it. It's simply being aware of it. And when we are in a state of resistance, it's like we are pushing away from the thing that we are in. Mm. So it Mm -hmm. literally creates resistance, which takes away energy from whatever needs to happen to cope, move forward, build, whatever, rest, whatever it is, right? Yes. And so Do you have to accept it? No, you never have to accept it. And also, you've just described an awareness that is, this is where things are and they are likely to remain. I mean, they'll change within it, but likely to remain within your lifetime. 
So yeah. how does not accepting it serve you? Ooh, yes. Yeah. I just, so I'm 37. And literally in the last few months, I was like, oh, wait, like staying poor is like not actually an effective resistance to capitalism. Like Correct. I'm actually very brilliant. I'm worth a lot in my consulting and freelance work. I need to be more expensive and I don't like capitalism. So I try not to participate, but that's not real. I get to actually have abundance, even though I don't want to have to have it. But since I do have to have it, yes, <laughs> to so, do to be well in this, yes. So let's. I'm glad you're bringing this in because it might seem to some people hearing this that we're like shifting gears in conversation. We're mm. not. We're right. not. We're talking about unjust, unfair circumstances. Whether yeah. it's brought by you know a bunch of fucking old white dudes or it's brought by you know a pandemic, climate crisis, time, whatever, right? Whatever systems we're talking about, yeah. Forming acceptance means that you find a way to be abundant, powerful, effective, peaceful, whatever it is. And we, yeah. you know, hopefully we get a little bit of all those things at different moments and they ebb and flow. Right. But I, I really do agree that having anti-capitalist values doesn't mean you therefore have to suffer under the boot of capitalism. Yes. There are ways of thriving financially without putting your boot on anyone's neck. Yes. And that takes so much more care. But within the care, first, we need the acceptance. Yeah. This is a system that is built for, you know, men who want to, well, people who want mm -hmm. to stand on the backs of others. Yeah. Who are okay with that. Yeah. Who are cool with that. Who are cool mm. with that, whether doing it directly or indirectly. And this yeah. is the same thing yeah. as... People not wearing a mask and telling themselves it's fine because, you know, they're at a bar and everyone else is not wearing a mask. So everyone's right. obviously cool with it. Right. When you don't know that everyone's cool with it. It's just yeah. that people go along with the systems that are presented to them. People yeah. go along with what's the greatest ease. And in order to have, whether we're talking about, you know, COVID stuff, economic abundance, we must first accept and understand where we're starting from. Yeah. Because by understanding and accepting it, we can start to navigate it in a way that is ethical and yes. in a way that is sustainable. And this is where it brings me to another part of your chart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. You've got Venus conjunct the North Node in Taurus in the 11th house. This placement means that in a profound and meaningful way, you have come here in this lifetime to identify your values mm. and to embody your values in the material world. Mm. Not just the spiritual world. Mm. You have Neptune in the sixth house. You've got, you know, the sun and Mars in the 12th. It would be very easy for you to keep it in the woo. And you yeah. know, I love the woo, but that's not what you've come here to do. Mm. You've come here to figure out how to do what you're doing, which is saying it is within my ethics and my, my values to mask up, not just for me, but for other people who are vulnerable. Yes. And therefore, it is my choice and I accept my choice, even though I also have other emotions. Yeah. And cool. and I don't want, yeah, and I don't want to, I was like, I was about to move too fast, but I'm seeing like how this is like foundational to hold all the emotions. Yeah. Because I think what's happening for you when you're enraged or just like distracted by how fucking frustrating everyone is being 
it's that you forget that you're making a choice hmm. and that the choices you're making are right for you physically, but also spiritually. Yeah. Woo. Psychologically, all of it, right? Yeah. Because this conjunction is in your 11th house and it's intercepted in your 11th house. I don't know if mm. you noticed, this is a little interception here. Mm. You will inevitably lose friends over this. Yeah. And that's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's not fun. I didn't call it fun. But a lot of mm -hmm. things that are beautiful are not fun. It's, it's exactly as it's meant to be. Because if people are not aligned with your values, they're not aligned with you. Right. And that doesn't mean that not you know, everyone is your enemy who was once your friend who you are recognizing that you're unaligned with. And I think there have been so much, so many shifts socially, politically, separate from COVID, although encompassing COVID, that right. have clarified where people really stand, you know, the difference between their theoretical views and their deeply held beliefs, right? right. It, it does come down to what we do in many ways. And actions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there it is. And so for you, this is a calling. Yeah. And mm. all that cancer stuff in your chart is like, yeah, but they're hurting my feelings and I'm pissed. Yeah. And that's wow. fair. Ooh. I mean, Jessica, I didn't tell you this or it's not in my letter, but I'm literally in a dual degree master's program right now that is at seminary, getting an MDiv, a master of divinity and social work for therapy and trauma because I am interested in how do we embody our spiritual understanding in our healing work? Like what is the action that aligns with the belief? And I mean, I'm losing it a little bit. Like it's hard because I'm not seeing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not seeing it in a lot of places. And I'm excited to be in this work and at like maybe the forefront of that, but it it's wow for you to say that is what I'm here for. I'm like, it is oh, what you're here for. Yeah. I could, if I if I if I tried to pick a perfect career for you, it <laughs> wouldn't have occurred to me to pick that career because I didn't know that was a career. But that's the career, like that's wow. the perfect path for you. But then that makes this conversation all the more important yeah. because you will month after month, year after year see what you're seeing now yeah people who are allies but not accomplices right yes people who at the end of the day forget or they care but they don't pair their caring with action partially because no one else is doing it because right. they're just not that kind of assertive there's yeah. a million reasons why people fuck off and mm. if you personalize any of them yeah. This will be very hard work for you to do. Hmm. And all that cancer in your chart makes it hard for you to not personalize it, yeah. right? It, it, because it is personal when it literally is happening between you and a person. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's more personal than yeah. that? But holding space for people are showing you who they are and you must accept it. You do not need to consent to it. Right. You do not need to participate in it. And sometimes you're going to make the choice to participate and to consent because life is complicated. Right. And some relationships are worth holding on to, even though you're like, yeah, and I lost respect for you and you haven't yeah. gained it back. And that's what's true. Mm. And the more you can accept, I have this dear friend and I don't respect them anymore. 
in a really powerful way. And I still love them and I respect them in other ways. And that feels messy to me. And I need to sit with my messiness around it. Right. The easier it'll be for you to navigate this. This is not letting people off the hook. Right. This is giving yourself space to be messy. And this is what's complex because this North Node Venus is in Taurus. Taurus wants things to be secure and tidy and pretty. Mm -hmm. And you've got Pluto and Saturn intercepted in Scorpio. Mm -hmm. So for you, the thing that undoes you is messy. Mm. And it's not like you don't like mess. You mm -hmm. do. But scorpionic mess, it really, it is either like your happiest place or your most miserable place. Mm. When you step into the mess and it really, it hurts your feelings, it insults you, it feels disrespectful, whatever it is, you have a tendency to go into judge, jury, and punisher. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Saturn and Pluto. Mm. And... You don't like that in yourself. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come across chill to others. It doesn't like <laughs> invite them into the dance of integrity or whatever, right? Right. It's, it's not like, transformative justice. No, 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 it's not. It's, I think that's a safe statement. It is not transformative <laughs> justice. <laughs> and this is where, you know, I want to like pull you back into yourself mm. to recognize that a big coping mechanism that you have is being a dick to yourself and you're really good at this <laughs> oh i was not expecting that <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but, but i mean you've got a moon pluto square pluto's mm. intercepted in your fifth house in scorpio and it's square to your moon and so you are mean you bully yourself mm. you shame yourself you blame yourself and oh. then you work just as hard to make it up to yourself to others whatever mm. this placement is the destroyer and that which brings life mm. Mm -hmm. sounds great on paper but it's really right. rough when you're walking down the streets and you're like where's your fucking mask yeah. Now I have now I've decided you're a garbage person. Right. And and I hate you. And right. that is part of how you feel. What's essential for me to say is that being a dick to yourself, to others, whatever it is, is a survival mechanism for you. Yeah. And when we try to aggressively change our survival mechanisms, they get stronger. Hmm. When we try to subtly, gently change our survival mechanisms, they get stronger because their primary function is to protect it, itself. Right. And so because of certainly some, some inherited issues and early developmental issues, you <sighs> learned, you fucking power through, you find a way out, you, you do what needs to get done. <sighs> and the depth of your emotion is one of your greatest strengths. And it's also something that can usurp you. Yeah. I use the word usurp, which I don't feel like I use out loud very often because you got mm. a fucking Leo moon. And mm. it's it's like it's like the 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 king or the queen on high. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like my emotions are the most important emotions. <laughs> and then Pluto is just like, well, we're just gonna cut off your head then. That's cool. Or like, yes, I am the most important. And it's really it's so important for you in this cycle that can happen for you emotionally and psychologically and spiritually to create space for you to feel shitty feelings towards yourself and towards others mm. without attaching to them or trying to yeah. figure them out. Right. 
or fighting them. Correct. Fighting so much doesn't time work. Fighting. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. We're back mm-hmm. to acceptance. We're back mm-hmm. to acceptance. It's like, okay, yeah. you may have heard me say this before, but Pluto feels like being pulled into the undertow of the ocean. Have you ever mm-hmm. had that happen to you? Have you ever been in the undertow? Yeah, just Terrible. once. It was terrifying. Me too, just once. And she and loves me, Mommy Wata. So I was like, don't keep me. <laughs> You're like, please <laughs> let me go. <laughs> well, if you fight, you die. Yeah. There's no beating the undertow. There's no strong right. enough swimmer. Right. You know, it's about letting go. That's mm-hmm. what Pluto is. Pluto's not fire. You know, we use all these metaphors around like burning it down and the phoenix from the ashes. No. Pluto is the depths of the fucking ocean. Pluto is emotion. Mm -hmm. And again, patriarchal bullshit that we are like fire power, water power, right? And so the power of being able to be in your messiest, most demanding of emotions Mm. to say, okay, I am in my undertow right now. Yeah. When I'm in my undertow, I breathe through it. I support my body around it. I... Do not attach narrative to these feelings. Yeah. I do not try to figure things out because I am not objective. Right. Instead, what I do is I take care of myself around it while it's happening and wait for it to pass. Yeah. And a good tool for that is also neutral distractions. Mm. So a neutral distraction is not like turning to your deep spiritual texts or your academic right. texts. Right. Bad time when you're in when you're in your undertow is when you tell yourself like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. But it's when we're meant to not figure it out. Again, we're in the water. It's roiling. So it's about being in it until the intensity of it passes. Right. And then you can figure shit out. When we come back to, you know, this primary issue you've reached out about that I know you're not alone in, of how to cope with the anger, the rage, the resentments of people showing their asses, people Hmm. showing that they don't care. Yeah. Right. It's accepting that. Yeah. And allowing yourself to be sad. Mm -hmm. And knowing that sometimes you were going to be in your undertow about it. Yeah. When you went from anger to sad, you know, I have a reaction of like, it's so hard down there, though. Like, I don't want to. What if I yeah, what if I end up at the bottom of the ocean again? It's yeah. it's happened before. And there is a surrender. Surrender is hard. Surrender is the worst. Mm. Staying with emotions. I mean, I'm a triple Capricorn. You know I don't <laughs> like that. Like this is my <laughs> least favorite thing in yeah. town. It's not my favorite. It's not supposed to be easy. And that's why most people aren't doing it. Right. They're not willing or able to be in those emotions. Yeah. To make those choices. Yeah. And That is hard to accept, Mm -hmm. but whether or not we accept it, it is what it is, what it is. Yeah. Part of what, hmm. ah, okay, that's it. Hmm. So there's a part of you that doesn't feel that you have a right to have the emotions you're having, which is making them worse. Wow. Yep. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) When I look at you energetically and I look at like, okay, so the next time you're in a situation with people who you just saw their fucking like social media posts where they're indoors with a bunch of people with no mask on and you're like, fuck, it's it's you have total entitlement to your emotions. You know, you're right. And equally, 
you feel like you're not entitled to your emotions, that you're mm-hmm. overreacting. Yeah. Like you, I guess this is really just like not being in acceptance. It's just I'm seeing it on a different angle. And this is how it's hurting you. And mm. I want to just give you this advice around your relationships. And is this like an active issue with inner circle people? No, and but the inner circle has really shifted because you of know, this. in the last few years. Yeah. 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 And my newer partner, like I was like amazed that she would start to date me and choose to wear masks more and talk to her family about masking. And like, and I have this like, oh, am I worth all that? Like, and we never even talked about it. Like she heard autoimmunity and that was that. And beautiful. I'm trying to still trust and accept being worth that. Well, yeah. you for sure are. That's just no questions asked. And you are, and also everyone is, assholes are. People who, you know, vote against all of our most beloved values and rights are worth it. We are all worth protecting. Everyone is worth protecting in this basic way during, you know, once in a hundred years global pandemic. My fucking God, right? It looks like for people who are left in like outer circles, it is important for you to determine how frequently you want to say what you need to say. Yes. Uh, that's yes. the that's the real thing because because you're not in total acceptance, you're not in total embodiment. And when yeah. one is not in embodiment, we have to repeat it over and over. We have to do it the same. We have to keep on doing it and doing it and doing it because we don't we weren't really there for the last time we did it. Right. And again, that makes you feel shitty. Yeah. You know, and then it comes across like you're a hammer and not a feather. Not that mm. hammers aren't valuable. I love a hammer. I'm a hammer, you know, right. but I but I do want to say, you know, sometimes like if we come at something with a hammer over and over and over again, it doesn't work. Right. right. We we need lots of tools. All the tools. Yes. All the damn tools. OK, this I'm kind of hearing it's like the last thing I need to say to you is mm. that your rage is righteous. Mm. Your rage is a scab protecting your sadness and your heartbreak, but yeah. it's also your rage and it's righteous and you deserve a place to bring your rage. And so because of this Mercury conjunction to Mars and the Ascendant, I think it's your voice. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, do you sing? I I used to, and now I can't really do venues like that. Correct. They're all unmasked and I did end up with some like throat chakra kind of vocal cord stuff for a while there. And yeah, plus that moon in Leo, like I want the stage. You want the damn stage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is my homework for you. Yeah. Use your voice as a spiritual place of release for rage. Mm. So this is not singing like, you know, for your, your Leo moon. This is not singing for performance. This is not singing to get yourself ready to show something to the world. This is singing the things that are not for the world, not at least at this moment. This is singing your emotions that you don't know how to process. And so you don't need to come up with original material for this. Like, you know, you can do this in a a messy way. You can do this in the car. You can do this in the shower. Like you can do this any way you like, but using when you start to feel that undertow, when you feel that rage, if it's possible, given your situation, Finding a way to vocally release the energetics of it will help with some of the overwhelming messiness 
Yeah. You know, I, I don't have a value judgment on messiness personally. I'm, a, I think messiness is a huge part of being a person and healing and all that stuff, mm. but there's too much noise in this for you, for anyone yeah. to, to cope with. And yeah. it's not like you're dealing with a past trauma. It's a daily reoccurring issue, right? Yes. So this is a form of release that I think could work for you. Do you ever do any kind of like combat kind of exercise, like any kind of boxing or anything like that? No, I'm like a yoga dance kind of person. <laughs> Capoeira? I have liked capoeira. Okay. It's kind of like yeah. fight dancing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. If you, depending on what's going on with your body, and if yeah. you have a little bit of experience with it, I mean, God invented YouTube for right. exactly this. Like maybe this is something that you can do as a way to release some of the physicality of yeah. your emotions. Find what works for you without right. judgment, without getting too in your head about it. Right. Just something that is an act of release. And if it works for you on Monday and it doesn't work on Wednesday, eh, try it again on right. Friday. You know, right. it's coming at it with a bit of a like a, a loose hand instead mm. of a tight fist. Yeah. This is part of the journey of acceptance is accepting that that things do ebb and flow. And there's this part of you that wants there to be a finite singular answer mm -hmm. so, you, so you can finally rest. Yeah. But you can rest in the messiness. Right. Yeah. And oh, hold on. How is your sleep? So the autoimmunity is like a chronic fatigue situation. Mm. And then like my brain's really awake at night. So it's like getting to bed late and then rising exhausted and never enough. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And your life right now with school is all about like nine to five really conventional hours, right? Yeah. Like just trying to, yeah, mm -hmm. get, it's very, yeah, relationship to time is. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I mean, you've got Neptune in the sixth house. This is uh, kind of like a magical time situation where you're like, time yes. is not fluid. What is time? Yes. Um, I'm like, that's a made up concept. <laughs> but I guess I have to be there on time. Yeah. 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 It's a real pain in your ass. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And you're going through a Neptune transit right now. Neptune's on your midheaven. So it's like intensified. So mm. to that, I would say, because you are a person who thrives with being awake more at night, that is just mm -hmm. like your, your body clock. Yeah. So if you're moving towards, you know, through this education program, creating a career for yourself. Social work is a real nine to five, isn't it? Yeah. Oof, so, I'll never, I'm going to be like in private practice. Okay, great, I'm going to build. Yeah. I'm going to like use my letters my way. <laughs> Good. That's what I was going to say. So that makes me yeah. happy to hear. And I don't think that'll be a problem for you as long as you ask for help with the like organizational piece. Yeah. Because that'll be, that'll be the thing that gets in your way if anything does. Mm -hmm. um, before going to sleep at night, what I'm being shown is it would be valuable for you to acknowledge all your parts to mm. just in whatever, whatever works for you in terms of your spiritual and psychological practices, acknowledge that you have parts and that yeah. one part of you is like a workaholic and does not want to stop. And mm. another part of you wants to do nothing but like sleep in a meadow. Mm. And another part of you is pissed and wants to fight everybody yeah and another part of you is just sad and wants someone to take care of you and and yeah. on and on it goes you know you've got so many parts and to take a moment to you don't have to name them but like right. to be able to say like i want to take a moment to be like hey i have lots of parts 
and they're all going in lots of directions. And I want to say, hey, buddies, you know, like really just like acknowledge and call in to your body as a safe space for them to be while you sleep. Yeah. And especially when we have like, you know, chronic physical ailments or any kind of physical suffering, which is, I feel like so much of life. um, Right. It is hard to call in all our parts to our body as a safe space, but Mm. sleep is kind of like the lightest lift for that request. And to just acknowledge like this is the time that we can all rest and not be in this world, but be in the vast spaciousness of your psyche. Creating a small practice and like, don't let this be like a full 10 minutes. Like this can be like 90 seconds. This could be really simple, but creating a practice around this may help support your sleep. Yeah. Because I do, you know, amongst all the other things, I do think you need more sleep because you're moving through such intense psychological, spiritual, physical shit. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I believe there's been studies that during COVID, millions and millions and millions of people, our sleep has been radically changed because of the level of stress. Like, it's not just that we're living through a once in a 100 year pandemic, but never in human history has there been pocket robots screaming news and keeping us connected in the Uh, way that we are, which is more analytic and cognitive and less emotional and embodied, right? Yes. So nobody has the skills accrued to cope with this. There is no, there is no, we've not gone through anything like this before. And so, you know, of course it's fucking up our sleep. Mm. and our psyches and so many people send me questions being like i don't know why things have been so different for me the last couple years right to which i'm always like well (laughs) gestures at everything (laughs) exactly exactly yeah that's exactly it so i want to just check in and see have we addressed your primary question yes yes yeah in in the way that we can (laughs) yeah yeah i mean And you said you said my hot button words. I'm like, oh, right. Acceptance, surrender, not being a dick to myself and others. And I I think I'm generally pretty good at not being a dick to others, like directly. But right. I mean, it's then I turn it it on myself. The impulse to be punishing and for there to be a right and a wrong and a good and an evil. Yeah, it leaks out of us, even when we don't mean it, when we treat ourselves like shit. And for people who are service oriented in the way that you are, sometimes the greatest motivation to being kinder to yourself is because it is ultimately not possible to sustain true kindness to others over the course of time when you're beating yourself up all day long. Right. So it's like you create these limitations, much like you were talking about with financial prosperity. It's like, when you beat yourself down, there's only so much it, you, you tamp your growth, right. right? Within all of this, it's about recognizing that this is a profound turning point for you, as it is for most humans on the planet. Hmm. And you are, you know, whether or not it's completely by choice because you mm-hmm. have, you know, an immune condition, an immune suppressing condition, but you are having to stay associated. Yeah. And that's fucked up and you're allowed to be pissed off about it. And, you know, as fucked up as this is, so much of what this has done for you has clarified who you are to you. Yeah. Which is so powerful. Not fun, not easy, but Mm. powerful. Yeah. And it will serve you 
in your life moving forward if you allow it to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm, I feel that. I keep saying COVID is a portal. Yes. And like physically, you know, I've witnessed it and caring for others and now I've experienced it. And also collectively, I'm like, we could go through the portal or not. And some yeah. people are looking at it, but not yeah. going through it. I mean, unfortunately, it is a mass disabling event and yes. we haven't fully seen that show up because it's such a fresh pandemic still. Yeah. Even though I know people feel like, oh, it's been years, but for those who are old enough to have had chicken pox, right? Because right. I don't know, you know, it's like you can get shingles when you're 50 if you get chicken pox when you were 10. Exactly. It's like some things just sit in the body and we don't know what will happen with this. And so I think, you know, the ways in which this is a portal are still unfolding. And yes. that's scary. It's scary. And it's also a lot to hold for those who are really engaged with it. Yeah. So yep. be gentle with yourself because it's too much. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad we did this because it reminded me of the things I need to stay aligned with too, because it is very hard to walk through the world and see people actively not caring. Yeah. You know? Yes. And, I was going to ask you if this conversation served you in that oh, way. Oh, yeah. It really, it really has because Good. it's really hard to not personalize it when it's your literal personal experience. And yes. it's really hard to be gentle with others when you're holding yourself to a high standard. Yes. But it's, again, it's about acceptance. It's about surrender. Yeah. I don't like any of that shit. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> surrender and accept. <laughs> I want to walk around angry and telling people what to do. But right? you know, I want to walk around like unaware. I'm like, oh, it looks so nice <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah. Y'all look so peaceful. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Hanging out with friends who are not masked when you are and you're like itchy and sweaty and you feel zits coming out of your yes. chin and all the things that happen with a mask. It's a real boner killer. Yeah. But, yes. you know, it's it's good to do the right thing because it's right. Yeah. Well, mm. Elle, I'm so happy we did this. I'm so happy yes. we made it happen. Yes. Thank you. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for your work and for this conversation and I will be sitting with for sure. Thank you. If you're a fan of Ghost of a Podcast and you want to wear it on your chest, there is now a Ghost of a Podcast shirt available on my website. You just have to go to lovelaniato.com slash shop to get yours or to gift it to someone you love. And while you're there, you can find classes, my book and other goodies to gift to the astrology nerd in your life or the astrology nerd within. Hey, let's let's get astrological as we do. Fun fact, the fight against fascism here in the United States and globally, who are we kidding, uh, isn't over just because Trump is currently out of office. And, you know, for those of us here in the U.S., we want to remember that we are still very much in the Pluto return of the United States, where we just had another hate fueled senseless mass shooting at a queer bar and on the eve of Trans Day of Remembrance. Much of the queer community here in the U.S. Uh, is in mourning and, you know, me included. And the grief is awful and hard to get through. It's easy to get overwhelmed by the hatred and violence and injustice. Just there's so much to take in. I want to share with you that within grief is love and purpose. At times, we need to just be in our feelings and 
to not, quote, do anything, you know. And at other times, we can understand that where our greatest grief lies may be inspiration and motivation for action, purpose-fueled action. So if you need it, I want to just gently point you towards aligning with your purpose, tapping into what you love, what you care about, what you feel called to do. Allow yourself to be driven by love. And again, uh, I want to remind you, Mars is retrograde. And during a Mars retrograde is a powerful time to tap in to our sense of purpose, our motivations, and even our anger, our rage. You don't need to have the answers. You know, I, I, I get so many questions from so many of you week after week trying to find the answer. The journey is the answer. So don't be so fixated on finding a materialistic answer, but instead explore what it is that has meaning and purpose to you, what it is that drives you. And if it's time for action, what are the next best steps? Not the best steps, not the forever steps, the next best steps. Okay. So that said, there's lots of astrology to talk about per usual, per usual. Uh, This week, we're looking at the astrology of November 27th through December 3rd. I cannot believe it's the last month of the year already. I don't I don't know. It's bonkers. But here we are, my friends. Here we are. And this week, similar to last week, or maybe the last two weeks, has some really lovely transits going on. Yay. But it also has some overlapping, challenging ones. So, you know, giddy up. Now, the first exact transit of the week is occurring on the 28th, and it is a Mars trine to Saturn. And what I'm going to tell you about it may sound a little familiar because it happened recently because Mars is retrograding back through the transits it went through recently. Um, So on September 27th, Mars was trying to Saturn. Now, when Mars forms a trine to Saturn, uh, it's quite a lovely thing, if you ask me, because our sense of purpose, the things we do, our ambition, our uh, sexuality and sex drive, our relationship to anger and assertion and all that kind of good stuff is forming a harmonious relationship with reality. Saturn, with our sense of duty and our ability to manage time, like linear material time, that Saturnian form of time, right? This transit is a great one for connecting with your sense of purpose. It's a great one for grounding your plans, working through things that require some measure of concentration or basically that are a bit difficult. So a lot of times tasks that you've been putting off are easier to do during a Mars trine to Saturn. This transit is good at working with material stuff, right? So we're talking about your finances, we're talking about your career, that kind of stuff. Like Saturn's a materialist and when Mars and Saturn get together, yeah, they they tend to work within the system. But hey, If you want to work outside of the system, this is a very empowering transit, too. It's all about how you tap into it. This transit can be really fun for sex. Uh, It's not so much about spontaneity, but it is good for, you know, getting in there and getting it done efficiently 
and more than sufficiently. Again, I'm talking about partnered sex. I'm talking about solo sex, whatever, whatever works for you at this time. But broadly speaking, what's important for me to say here is that it is a good transit to make plans and it's a good transit to follow through with plans because Mars is retrograde. We want to make sure that we're honoring that rule of reese, right? And we're reflecting and we're reassessing, we're recalibrating. We want to make sure that we are doing the inner work and not just acting from a place of egoism. Because if you do that, you're not likely to deal with the best parts of this transit. And, you know, to this end, I will remind you that I am teaching a class on manifestation during a Mars retrograde on December 10th at 11 a.m. Pacific. So if you'd like to register for the class, the link is in show notes of this very episode. And if you go to my website, you can't miss it. It's on the shop page. So bada bing, bada boom. Okay. Now on the 29th, overlapping with the Mars trying to Saturn, we've got a kind of mixed bag of transits. So we've got Mercury sextile to Saturn and Mercury opposite Mars. So they're going to really influence each other here, right? Mercury sextile to Saturn is, again, a very grounding transit because Mercury is your thinking. It's your attitudes. It's how you listen. It's how you communicate. It's how you DM, email, talk, all that kind of good stuff. And Saturn is grounding. It's reality. It's uh, sustainability. So this transit is really good for exercising clear judgment, making practical calls, figuring shit out, working through problems, ideas, etc. This is a good transit for organizing. So the overlap between the Mars trine to Saturn and the Mercury sextile to Saturn is lovely because it empowers us to figure shit out and get shit done. Lovely, right? But the universe is nothing if not a damn joker. At the same time, on the 29th, overlapping with these two transits is a Mercury opposition to Mars. Now, this transit, Mercury opposite Mars, is annoying. Literally, what it does is it kicks up agitation and annoyance. So it is important to remember, okay, that you are annoying. And I am annoying. And everyone around you is annoying. And that's okay. What we want to make sure we do is not allow our anger or our defensiveness to embolden us to be assholes just because something's annoying, right? This transit can coincide with conflicts, with fighting. Um, so again, Mercury is communication, it's friendships, Mars is your temper. And so this transit can coincide with being really fucking annoyed with people. They may say things where you're just like, no, no, never, no, not now, not never, no. And instead of sitting with your feelings and being like, okay, what am I really reacting to? How do I want to handle this? You may do what we do during oppositions, just project it out. And instead of sitting with the feelings uh, rapidly, because thank you, Mars and Mercury, they both move very quickly, just like barf <laughs> your thoughts and feelings onto other people. So beware of defensiveness, beware of being really reactive and beware of fights. Now, listen, sometimes fights need to happen. I am not against having conflict with people or situations, but you want to make sure that if you are fighting with someone, you know what you're fighting about and that you remember that no matter how annoyed you are, 
How you say what you say, your body language, your tone, your caps lock, those things communicate. And while you cannot control what other people say or do, you cannot control whether someone else is an eggplant emoji uh, or like a unicorn emoji, what you can do is manage your own self. What you can do is participate with others and in the world in a way that reflects what you want to see in the world, who you wish to be, right? So in other words, don't let other people's bad behavior empower you to act wrong. This is a transit that I think is particularly interesting in the context of the Mars retrograde. Because again, if you're in struggle with your Mars, what's likely to happen is you will act out towards others or yourself, right? Your anger will become punishing, corrosive, or something like this. And so finding a way to access your body is going to be really valuable for you during this transit. Okay, and you're going to be feeling this for sure, the 28th, 29th, the 30th. Mercury opposite Mars is a prime time for conflicts, defensiveness, and that's not so great. But it can also be a good transit for bravery, spontaneity, and passion. So it all comes down to like, what are the differences between these two things, right? Or these two buckets of things? It's your motivation. It's your energy, right? So it's important that you have a well-adjusted relationship to Mars. That's what is getting triggered here. And the way of going about doing that is being able to sit with Mars, sit with your passions, sit with your anger, your defensiveness, your ambitions, all that kind of stuff. And that's hard. That's hard for most people most of the time. Now, I will say in the context of world events, uh, yeah, this is a real risky transit in terms of violence and spontaneous violence. Uh, you know, when we're dealing with Saturn, things tend to be planned. When we're dealing with Mercury and Mars together, especially opposite each other, uh, things can erupt. Again, it's related to defensiveness. We want to pay attention to the world. We want to pay attention to the news on and around this date. And absolutely do your best to act from a centered place within you. And when you cannot do that, sit with your impulse to action. Now, on the 30th, we have another opposition to Mars. And this one is much more, uh, this, is, this one's much easier and more pleasant. It's a Venus opposition to Mars. Unlike the Mercury opposition, this one's fun. Honestly, it's fun. Uh, it can just kind of like crank up the chemistry, crank up your desire for fun and socializing. It's just it just is kind of like, yeah, it's a dynamic moment. And so in the context of everything that's happening, this transit may be a blip on your screen, like it might not register as a whole hell of a lot, or it may be exactly what you need to kind of have a little bit of fun, uh, reconnect with what you care about or who you care about. OK, again, this transit can be really fun for hooking up with yourself or others. So if you can do so, of course, do so safely. But yeah, this can just be like a fun moment transit. If you're an artist or a creative or somebody who's been wanting to get into some sort of creative venture, and that's like a very big umbrella that I'm referring to, but there it is. Uh, this is a great transit for it because the Venus opposition to Mars can embolden you to just play, you know, to just like make things happen, explore your creativity, that kind of stuff. So whether you you are like dealing with the esoteric arts, the high arts, the craft, if you're a crafty person, uh, this is a great transit for you. So definitely one to pay attention to. 
And that, my friends, brings us to the first, the first of December. And the first of December starts with a really annoying transit, unfortunately. If you are somebody who wants to know about the motherhood per use, join me over on Patreon on the kittens level, uh, because that's where I drop a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast every month. And it is just like an hour plus long horoscope for the month ahead. And don't you worry, I'm going to be doing a year ahead horoscope. Anyways, back to this annoying transit. Uh, Mercury is forming a square to Neptune on this date. Mercury square Neptune is not one of my favorite transits. Because again, Mercury is your mind. So it's not the only planet that is related to your mental state, but it is certainly a meaningful one. And it's communication. It's how you hear things. It's whether or not you're listening. It's what you say. It's how you say it. It's your attitudes, your beliefs. It's data, data you take in, data you put out, right? Very important in the world we live in. And Neptune is confusing. If Saturn is the reality principle, then Neptune is the ethereal. Neptune is that without form. It is time as an illusion. Neptune is about interconnectedness and high spirituality, high arts, right? Sounds nice to a lot of people. To a lot of people, sounds terrible. But in practice, when we go through squares or oppositions, sometimes conjunctions, to Neptune, what happens is we are overwhelmed by what we don't know. Most people, a lot of the time, will have an anxiety response to that. So feeling overwhelmed by the world, not knowing your place, not knowing what's going to happen in a relationship, whether or not you should take that person's flirting with you personally, or if they're just kind of a flirty person, like all this kind of stuff is is what it is what it is until we deal with a lot of Neptunian energies. And then it can become something that makes us feel paranoid. It can become something that makes us feel demoralized, uh, anxious, exhausted, you know, just like kind of flattened. So the Mercury square to Neptune is definitely a transit to be on the lookout for because it can have you feeling all turned around and twisted up. That can lead towards, again, you know, like passive aggression, paranoia, all this kind of stuff that you don't really realize is happening until you're waist deep in it, right? So know that when you're having any kind of conversation, negotiation, especially if you're trying to do some sort of uh, contractual agreement or some sort of professional agreement, this is not a great transit for that. It's not a great day for that. We are likely to misunderstand, misrepresent ourselves, or deal with people who are lying to us under this transit. Unfortunately, Mercury squared and Neptune can be associated with lies. So those lies can be in the disinformation or the misinformation buckets. If you find yourself obsessing, if you find yourself fixated, if you find yourself paranoid, know it's the transit and do your best to find neutral ground to fixate your thoughts on, right? Or even better, try to distance yourself from your thoughts and find a way to get present emotionally and in your body. Now, that's not always safe. It's not always possible. It depends on where you're at, who you are etc. But the reason why I give this advice is because 
Mercury square Neptune can make our minds kind of a chaotic place. And so finding a way to be present engages our heart and body. And that is where we can find more of a grounding cord, right? A sense of of agency or presence. And that's really valuable uh, during this transit and in general when you're dealing with situational anxiety. Now, on the social level, if some sort of big news breaks out, I want to say, you know, let's see. We'll see if it sticks. When anything is like broadly asserted or started during this transit, we want to be a little suspicious. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, don't be paranoid. But uh, we want to understand that things don't always go the way they seem they're going to go under this transit. So grain of salt with the news. Make sure, you know, I'm a big fan of staying engaged, staying informed. But check the date on that article before you share it. You know, make sure you check your sources. Again, misinformation, disinformation, very Mercury square Neptune. Now, I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. When we're dealing with squares to Neptune, it is a bad time for drugs. So in particular, you know, I say this to people who do uh, spiritual or consciousness raising drugs. So essentially recreation drugs, but to facilitate a spiritual experience. This is not a good time for that because Neptune weakens the auric field and makes us more permeable and susceptible. And so we're not able to integrate because we're taking in too much, not just the information that we're meant or we're trying to take in, but we end up pulling in extra and it gets overwhelming. And so we can have uh, not ideal outcomes. So you want to wait until a different date. Okay. And that brings us to the last exact transit of the week. And this one's annoying. I'm not going to lie to you. It's another fucking square to Neptune. If you've been tracking the transits with me, you may know which planet it is. It's Venus because Mercury and Venus are still very close to each other. And so on the 3rd of December, we have an exact square from Venus to Neptune. Let me tell you what it means. Venus is related to lots of really valuable things including your values, Uh, the things that you own, so your personal possessions, your finances, its aesthetics, its body image, it's how you feel about the way you look. It's if you're a very aesthetically driven person, it's aesthetics in general. So that can be very important to you or not so much. It's also your relationships. And Neptune, we have established, is confusing and overwhelming. It's otherworldly. And so what can happen during this transit is you have uh, experience with someone and you put them on a pedestal and you assume that you're having a spiritual experience when in fact uh, you may not be. So you want to be really, really careful at the start of December between these two transits of assuming some sort of uh, otherworldly or extra special value to people and situations. Because it may be true, but mm, during these transits, it's not usually the case, right? And when something feels spiritually really connected and real, it can be demoralizing to be confronted with it not being true or not working out in a way that is life-affirming and positive. But here we are, again, dealing with the reality. There's such a value in astrology because we can often see what the test is. And during a Mercury and a Venus square to Neptune, the test is not in giving up and, you know, surrendering to someone else or to something else. Instead, it's having an experience but doing so with boundaries, 
be those energetic boundaries, behavioral boundaries, uh, in the case of Mercury, uh, verbal boundaries. But it is always about having boundaries to protect our tender, permeable insides. This is a terrible time for making big purchases. But you may feel called to give some stuff away or donate money. And that is a really beautiful thing to do with this transit. You just want to do it with, you know, grounded consideration of what you can give, right? So that you're not martyring yourself, which is a negative thing that Neptune can uh, have us do. This transit unfortunately can put you in a position where you are being taken advantage of or where you're taking advantage of someone else. So again, you want to stay connected to your values, right? Uh, And to remember the value in all people. This is pretty, pretty important with this transit. Related to that, if you're somebody who deals with having a hard time with the way you look, or having a hard time living in your body for any reason. And there's so many reasons that we humans go through that. Um, yeah, this transit can trigger that. Conversely, if you always feel that way, this transit may come around and everyone else feels that way and you feel a little lighter. Things may be a bit easier for you, right? TBD. But the thing about this transit is it can really just bring up the sense of like, ah, do I belong? What is this meat suit? What do I do with it? You know, it's rough. And in particular, it's rough because we're going through this Mars retrograde where the kind of big news of it is the Mars squared to Neptune, right? So so there's this larger theme that we're dealing with with that particular transit. And it's a lot of difficult hard to pin energy. You may be feeling really just exhausted and like you're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of business the way you feel like you should or you thought you would. Uh, And, you know, this transit and the Mercury squared to Neptune, both of them are just going to kind of exacerbate that if that's how you've been feeling. So what I want to just share with you is that this is these are the transits. And sometimes we're not meant to do. And that can that can really suck. But sitting with our feelings, being in a greater state of receptivity is valuable. It's really valuable. It's not always fun, but it's valuable. If you're dealing with low self-esteem, don't put yourself in a position where you have to hang out with people who you know make you feel like shit about yourself, right? Take care of yourself. Have healthy boundaries. If you are being sexually active with other human people uh, during this transit, both of them, but especially the Venus squared and Neptune, yeah, definitely have safer sex. This is a for sure thing to do, whatever, whatever that means for the kind of sex you're having, right? Venus squared and Neptune, it can be demoralizing, but it has something larger to offer. It can teach us about the ephemeral nature of the body and of the way we look. And related to that, the limited value of it However you look now, whatever age you are now, it'll change. It'll pass. And instead of lamenting that and mourning that, I mean, whatever, lament all you want, mourn as much as you like. But coming to a state of acceptance, very Neptunian, acceptance, uh, and then gratitude for what is right now and a lack of attachment to what is and cultivating meaning and value within yourself. Hey, that is a fantastic use of this damn transit. Now, there's one more thing I want to say about this Venus squared to Neptune, which is that it can be a rough moment for the rights of women and everyone who is not, you know, traditional cis male gendered. Again, we want to advocate to the best of our ability for ourselves and others. 
if each of us, if we show up, if we advocate, if we engage with the rights of women, trans and genderqueer folks, the world gets safer and the world gets better. Period. These are some uncertain times. And it is hard to live with uncertainty. But again, there is a call to purpose within that. Not necessarily a call to action. Hopefully action will eventually come from identifying with your sense of purpose. But find your sense of purpose within it all. What you care about. What's important to you in your life, in the world, whatever it is. All right, my loves, I'm going to run through these transits one more time. On the 28th, Mars is exactly trying to Saturn. On the 29th, we have an exact sextile between Mercury and Saturn, and Mercury will be exactly opposite to Mars. On the 30th, we have a Venus opposition to Mars. On the 1st, we have a Mercury square to Neptune. And on the 3rd, we have an exact square between Venus and Neptune. And that's it, my loves. I want to thank you so much for joining me here uh, week after week for Ghost of a Podcast. And this is my weekly invitation to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts, because it does really make a difference for this little independent ghost of a podcast. Take good care of yourself and others. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Every year they say the end is near. 